everyone, a welcome back to the Scott Stokely podcast. I am talking to Josh Anthon today. Uh, and by the way, from what I heard, I'm pronouncing his name wrong. So hopefully he'll correct me in a second. Uh, Josh is here already. But before we talk to Josh, just a quick background. A lot of you know who he is, but uh, Josh has finished second in the world championships twice. He's won the right. Did I say twice? Oh, my God. I was thinking of I was thinking of me. You were you finished second at the Worlds four times. Sorry. Uh, he won the Stone Open, has won other major tournaments, and has been called by many of the top players in the world the best putter of all time. At the same time, there was an incident a few years back where a man passed away. Josh spent some time in prison. There has been an incident with a tattoo, which we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, so there's been some controversy. And... I know Josh ca- casually, passively, but we have some mutual good friends. But when I wanted to hear what Josh had to say about these things, I couldn't find anything. Uh, people didn't want to talk to him. And I thought that was weird. And so I reached out to him and I said, hey, I would love to have a chat with you. I'm not a journalist. I have no agenda. But I want to ask you the questions that I was looking for that I couldn't get answers to so josh was said let's do it and i appreciate that man thanks josh hey how's it going scott no problem cool all right i'll let you get the words in i promise <laughs> no no you're fine you're better at this than me <laughs> i'm not good at this i have, I have no intention of, of doing this for a living this is me talking to people that's it now uh, before we get to the stuff i think a lot of people are tuning in for uh that's not the first thing that happened in your life and definitely not the first thing in your career so we're going to do a little bit of uh do it chronologically tell me about how you got started in disc golf um my dad got me into it probably when i was about eight years old probably around 1990 ish and uh i started playing i played a couple junior events and um, i realized real young that i was good I even remember telling my dad, just out of nowhere one day, you know, I could be one of the best at this game if I want. And, you know, eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid telling me that, he kind of laughed about it. I ended up getting shot with a shotgun from about five feet away in 1993. How old were you? I was 11. So I was in the hospital for a while. Uh, Couldn't use my arm. And uh, they talked about taking it off, but luckily I was able to save it. And then I ended up getting back into disc golf probably around 97, maybe 98. And then I got a fatal car wreck and my friend Heidi Cox passed away in 98. And I also got hurt real bad in that. Broke, uh, was in a wheelchair, broke my leg, compound fracture, dislocated my right hip, broke my right arm again, uh, knocked out my teeth. No real, uh, real traumatic thing to go through. It would definitely suck to say the least. The hardest part about it was losing my friend. And then um, started to get back into it right around 2000. Played a couple AM events. Um, didn't really like the disc they gave me when I, when I won one of them. And I went and watched the pros. And I decided I want to compete against them. For one, I thought I could beat them. And for two, I wanted to play for money and didn't want to really play for no Frisbees. Before we get to the, your, your playing career, where did you grow up? I grew up here in Rio Linda, Sacramento, basically, California. Tough, tough neighborhood? Yeah, off and on. Yeah, I had a 
you know, went to some continuation schools after I got shot. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit rough going through there. But, I mean, it, you know, makes you stronger. Okay. Well, I mean, this is, I mean, all this is relevant to your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler. But, uh, so anyway, so go on. So you started playing juniors. Badass. Yeah, I started playing juniors. Start, and then I, uh, after the car wreck, I started playing again in about 2000. And I think I played like two amateur tournaments. They gave me some disc I didn't even throw. I kind of just tossed them in the water, you know, seeing how far I could throw them. And then I wanted to see who played for money. I want to see like, well, I don't even want these Frisbees. So I want to go play for money. <laughs> and I uh, went out there and watched the uh, pros play and was wondering why they weren't throwing it all the way to the hole. And so I was like, well, what's wrong? Right? They're pros. They should be throwing it there. And then I went and watched them and kind of seen what I needed to work on. They basically made almost all their putts. All their up shots were right on point. They never like gave away any strokes. So I worked on it. And then the next tournament I played pro and I cashed. And I think it was St. Patty's. I think I got like seventh or something tied with uh, uh, Ron Russell. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, back then when you won your prizes, you didn't really get a choice of what you won. Like you won a stack of discs that were chosen for you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they didn't make the best choices. I threw them all in the water. <laughs> and how long was it before you started winning? I mean, I know that your story, I'm asking questions that I know the answers to, because you you came up pretty quickly. through, 2000, through the- 2002, I uh, got my first uh, HR win at St. Patty's, and I got seventh at the World Championships and won the putting competition. I didn't even know I could putt good then, you know, <laughs> just walking by and they were all putting and doing their, that little competition. And I gave it a try and ended up winning it. That's, that's hilarious. Now we met in 2001, right as I was leaving the sport, you came to national doubles. Mm-hmm. Is, is that the only time we've competed against each other in a tournament? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so just can I put it on record that I'm undefeated against you? Yeah, yeah, you're undefeated. <laughs> I would like to give that a rematch. Hey, I game on. All right, you guys finished top, I think top five, right? At, at first time in nationals. Yeah, tied for fourth. All right, and you told me the story earlier. We had to we had to retake this a couple times because we had audio problems. But you saw a bunch of players out there playing. Yes. Yeah. And I never even heard of none of these guys, you know, like they would, you know, they, Jim pointed out you and I was talking about how good he was, pointed out King Climo, of course, and a couple other players. And, you know, they're talking about how they're the big bag champ. Honestly, my mindset was, well, they didn't win when I was there. You know, I was like, so I want to see what I can do, you know, because that's also part of it is in your, your mental game. If you Mm -hmm. go in there uh, envying the guy too much, gonna have a lot of trouble beating them don't get me wrong they're you know they're the best players in the world and so it was an honor to be able to compete against them and to start stepping my game up and really starting to practice hard and take it a little bit more seriously who are the players that you saw back home that you're up to jeff listerman jim oates mike loya uh, Bruce Nisley, Harold Hampton, a bunch of guys, local local guys at Orangeville. 
Orange Vale is one of those places like Medina, Ohio, or Oak Grove, I think Atlanta. Like there's places that just has just spawned world-class players at a disproportionate rate. I mean, later on, Barsby, RJ Jerez was early, uh, Drew Gibson. Uh, what, why, why Orange Vale? Like, why are all these good players coming out of there? Good question. Uh, well, I mean, well, if you're surrounded by a lot of good players, it makes you excel. If you want to be good and be one of the best, you got to beat this guy right in front of you. Well, if you don't have that guy in front of you to push your skill limit to even realize that you can get that good, then you're going to have trouble getting that good by yourself. Do you think it's just like iron shape? Was it iron shapes iron? Is that yeah. That, mm-hmm. All right. So, so you were playing pro. You said you, you told me you cashed at your first or your second pro tournament ever. Yeah. That's people just don't even understand how ridiculous that is. That would be like a modern player moving up from advanced to pro in North Carolina and then cashing. Like that's, it's almost unheard of out in Northern California back then. Yeah. So you know, that was kind of cool. You know, it was a good experience. I was just getting started. And then around, oh, then I got, uh, then I hurt my knee pretty bad. Now, I went on a little tour with Steve Rico, Bomba, and uh, Harold Hampton. Um, we took off in an F-150 because Steve-O, uh, <laughs> we had to take an F-150 because that's all we had at the time. And I ended up uh, winning my first tournament on tour and then wrecking on the bicycle down the hill. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, tell the story because that's kind of a famous story. I beat Cam Todd in the playoffs, and then Steve-O made like this hole-in-one, which he makes anyway. And uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. We, we didn't lose you. Okay, and I uh, made this hole-in-one that he usually never makes anyway and won a bicycle. Well, I used to ride bicycles a lot and race, and so I rode a wheelie down this real steep hill. And at the bottom, I didn't, I forgot about the ditch and I came down and I hit the ditch and wrecked and I uh, dislocated or blew up my ACL on my knee. And then I had to fly home. And then I uh, came back again, probably about late next year because it, it blew my knee out pretty bad. And then I and started, then- I started traveling a lot in 06. I think I got my first national tour win at Kansas City. But it didn't feel right because everyone was like out of country. Not all the top players were there. And so then I won. Everyone came back and I won the next one. I won back-to-back national tours. And then that one felt good. I won, I think, the Great Lakes Open. Okay. I think that's, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, I won that one. And then uh, started, you know, traveling a little bit more and playing a little bit more and taking it serious again, you know, because I've had a lot of injuries, so. That always held me back a little. How were you finishing at Worlds? I mean, were you finishing top seven after that? or I was playing injured a lot. I didn't finish too well. I think my next best finish was like 07, or I tied for fourth and lost the playoff to go into the final nine. Where was that? Uh, Wisconsin. Okay. And then I don't know what happened in 08, but then 09 is when I tied Avery Jenkins for first at the World Championships and lost in the sudden death playoff. 
So you lost to Avery in sudden death, second place. Yeah. Was that... That's probably a stupid question, but I'm going to ask you anyways. That Was that difficult to deal with? Or were you proud of finishing tied for first, or both? Hell no, it was devastating. It hurts to lose. You know, I still lost. Right. Uh, I, did, I did great. That's cool and all. But, I mean, you're there. You're focused. You're trying to win. You know, and Avery had 10 strokes on me after the first round. And then go, we only had two rounds left. And I was still 10 strokes behind. But now I was in the leader group with him. And then I gained seven strokes on him that round. And so then we had a battle. And it, it just went back and forth from there. It was a real fun battle, though, you know. We played a lot of rounds back then. I think we played eight or nine rounds. So he yeah. definitely earned a world title, that's for sure. Then the next year, you finished second again to Eric McCabe. Yes. Was that one close or? For the most part, towards the end, he got hot. And I think I lost by like five. And then. So the year after that, three years in a row, you finished second place again. Yeah, and then after that uh, was Nate Doss, one in Santa Cruz. I had one hole that just really ruined me. We were finally within one, and I ended up taking a triple bogey, and he birdied it. And that what was – gosh, I don't remember the hole. It wasn't at Mass – it wasn't at De La Vega. It was at uh... – yeah, other course, I can't remember the other ones. I mean, if it ain't daylight, I don't even really count. Right. No, I, I tell people that all the time. People remind me of things, and it's it's it blurs together when you travel and tour for a while. Yeah. But so actually, the, I actually quit after that. Just Next year, frustrated? Yeah, just kind of frustrated. The game wasn't really making no movement. Nothing was really like progressing. It just always was the same, you know, a thousand bucks or four grand for a major. It was nothing you could live on. You could make more at McDonald's. How do you feel about those looking back? And the reason why I ask is because, I mean, I, I'm before you, I was the guy that finished second place at Worlds twice. Sorry, and I crushed and I was devastated and I cried and it was awful. 20 years later, I look back, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm not, you know, I, I mean, I would have rather have won, but I have a different perspective. When you look back, is it, does it still hurt or do you have a different paradigm? It's a both. I mean, you know, it's great finishes. It's still up there. It just sucks to be that close and lose, you know? Right. And then, um, and then after that, I quit 2012. I didn't even play the Worlds, so I was pretty devastated. I was just like, man, I'm, I'm just done with this. And then 2013, I didn't play either. And then late in 2013 is when I caught that unfortunate case, and then I uh, had to go do some time. And then I came back in uh, 2017, and then I won, uh, won St. Patty's, my first event back I won. And then I went off to win Ledgestone. Didn't do good at the rest of the events. Kind of got in a bad groove. Wasn't playing good. And then 2000, was it 18? I, Can I jump in? Yeah. All right. So, um, and, and I've talked to you off camera about, about the case you're talking about. There's some things you don't want to discuss. And you've explained to me why. And there, there are valid reasons. And people can... Take what it's worth, but I'm completely comfortable 
not talking about the specifics and, and because of your reasons. Uh, uh, I, looking out for certain people that you don't want to, to harm. Mm-hmm. I, I respect that. But I do want to talk about how about you. I mean, it's about you, what we're, we're here for. Yeah. You went to prison. You told me that you made some positive moves in prison or that there were, can't, I, I, I don't know the right words. I, I don't want to say it was good for you or that it was benefited you, but you turned it into a positive. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried to make the best of my time. I got my GED right away. Um, I entered into welding, which is a real hard class to get into, but the teacher noticed my work ethics because as soon as my, as soon as I got my GED, I already signed up for the college courses, got into the welding, ended up getting 20 different certs and graduating the welding class. And it was through one of the top welding instructors in Sacramento and, uh, just worked my butt off in there. Went to a lot of the churches in there, did a lot of things like dissected myself. You have nothing but time and try to better yourself the best you can. Not nothing to do with my case. Wasn't like I was a bad guy before. You just, you can really nitpick yourself when that's all you got is time. That's what I had heard from people as well. I was actually at the St. Patty's meltdown while you were in mm-hmm. uh, here at Barsby one. And I had heard from people, like I said, we were like, we don't know each other well, but we have mutual friends. Some of your close friends I'm close to. And I had heard positive things. We're not going to talk about the specifics of the case, but mm-hmm. there, the perception of it is not favorable to you. No, most definitely not. You've you've expressed that it's difficult because I mean it's the it's the internet age, it's the social media age. Everyone has an opinion, everyone has comments. And oh. the comments from people who aren't familiar with the case and don't know anything except what they've heard. Well, there's That's a hard. lot of there's a lot of people that want to know it all. And they try their best to know it all and at any chance they can to bash somebody, they waste so much time on negative energy when they don't even know a person. They don't even know me. They have no clue what they're talking about. They weren't there. And, uh, you know, it hurts to see that stuff. Honestly, I was debating on quitting the game over all this. I was just that fed up with all the negativity. You know, if they they knew the facts, they probably would realize that I shouldn't have done one day in prison. But I'm a man and I took my deal. You know, this it's hard when uh, they only have a certain amount of evidence and you're kind of pressured into taking a deal or you might be gone forever. So that's a lot of pressure. No one wants to walk in those shoes, I promise. And I hope no one ever does, even the people that talk bad about me. I don't, I don't even have time to waste my energy to hope bad things on them. Am I mad at some of their comments? Of course. Look, I'm unsponsored now, you know, because of it. I have to sit there and deal with all this stuff and all this negativity towards me when I've done nothing to these people. You know, it does hurt, definitely. And if that's their goal, then good job. You nailed it. You know, if you you really, uh, they really didn't let the negativity overwhelm me. But I try to stay focused on all the positivity, all my fans, all the people that love me out there, all the people that's watched me, all my friends, all my family. That's why I wore my shirt. The people that support me and love me and know me, that's the ones I'm focused on. I try my best. I was letting it win. I was, I felt negative everywhere I went. I felt just 
I just felt that anger of all that, you know, all the stuff being talked about you. So all I could hear was the negativity. I would read the comments and I would barely even see the positive ones. All I could see was the negative and that, you know, and I had to step back, take a breath and, uh, and focus on the positivity because I'm not going to waste my life on their negativity just because whatever's going on in their life must be pretty bad to sit there and just try to dissect a guy and talk all kinds of crap about them because they have nothing else to do and they want to sit there and be the keyboard warriors. As a professional athlete, you're a public figure. Mm -hmm. Do do you feel that some of this is acceptable because as a public figure, you're out in the public eye, people have opinions? Uh, Or do you feel like, like, is there a line where it's okay to have opinions and post them and there's a line that's crossed or Oh, absolutely. There's a line and absolutely a lot of people cross them, you know, to have an opinion is perfectly fine. You got to still be respectful for the human being you're having an opinion about. You don't even know him. Why try to, why try to bring that down? You know, there's no reason for that. And so they definitely, a lot of people cross the line for sure. And, you know, their opinion would be, well, I can say whatever I want. Yes, you can. I can also delete you and not watch you. If you don't like me, just move on to the next guy. There's plenty of guys that you can probably relate to. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to like, ask questions in, in the right tone. Yeah. Because I want to be respectful of, of your wishes because I – have heard not from you defending yourself, but I've heard from people close to you things about the case that make me understand. But mm-hmm. I but I share those things because it's been requested that I don't. It's not my place. But what yeah, well, I do- a long story short, a man passed away and he ain't here to defend himself and still has family out there. Right. And so I want to sit there and bash someone that's not here and let their families hear about it and go through all this heartache. No, it's not all that. I don't, I don't need to explain myself to other people that I don't even know to risking crossing a line with someone else that might get them frustrated, get them mad, get them upset. I'm not going to lower myself to that level. I don't need to explain to no one else. I've already had to explain plenty on it that I want to in my whole life. Well, that, that, that's the part that was so interesting and partially why I wanted to talk to you. Because people have opinions about you. Everyone's entitled their opinion, obviously. But I know lots of people who know you. They all like you. They all respect you. And there seems to be a a contradiction if you just look at what you've heard, yet all these people that I respect like you. And there's conflict there, right? Because something's not, like the dots aren't connecting and that's when I learned more and then I, I started to understand a little more. I won't, I won't share that because, like I said, you've asked me not to. But for the people listening, there are, there's more sides than what you've heard. That's all, I, that's all I'll say. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. That's plenty of fun. Okay. And I'm having the courage to come on here because there's going to be some of these guys that just want to live their life on the negativity, right? They're going to try calling you probably a racist or call you this for want to do an interview with me and that ain't right you're just doing an interview we don't hang out we don't know each other like that for you to have the courage to step up and just say i'm gonna do an interview with this guy why is everyone so worried about everything in the world 
They should look in the mirror and worry about their own life. That would be a great suggestion. Well, here's the thing. The thing is, whether people like you or don't like you, you're part of our community. Mm -hmm. You're part of the Frisbee family. You're part of our community. And I just wanted you to be able to, to speak. And then, and if people listen to this and don't like you, I have I 100% defend their right not to like you. That's yeah. none of my... But, <laughs> I don't even... I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. But I'm hoping it'll be after they actually get to know you a little bit, not read some comment on some blog. Anyways. All right. So that you got out of prison, you have evaluated yourself you've gotten into the wealthy class you're coming out would you say you're you came out better than you went in in some ways i'm not saying you were bad or good when you went in but did you come out further along okay all right so then you started playing again and is it true that you won your first tournament back after being gone three years or something like that yep one saint Saint patty's again yeah that's not fair you're not supposed to, to do that. Well, Sorry, well, I, well, well, I forgot when I got out, I blew out my knee completely playing ultimate in there. It was done. I couldn't even do push-ups. I would literally be welding and my knee would pop out. And so I got a surgery as fast as I could as soon as I got out on my knee. And um, got my knee surgery done. And I got that done like December 15th. And St. Patty's was like March. I could barely walk in January or, you know, just started throwing in like mid February. And then the tournament was only a month away. And then when it started, I just, for the condition I was in, I played lights out. It felt like, it just felt like I wasn't going to miss no matter what. I, I, one question I just forgot to ask before, when you were in prison, did you miss this golf or were you too focused on just surviving prison? No, no, no. Surviving prison, the hardest part about that is just being away from your family. But no, we had uh, ultimate teams in there. We still are able to use a Frisbee and play and throw. And so I would do that and play handball for like, you know, athletic games to have some fun. But uh, yeah, we had a nice ultimate team. We actually had multiple teams that would wait and try to play the winner. So that was pretty fun. I slow at running, so I didn't do good on catching it, but I did pretty good on throwing it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm sure. All right, so you're you're out, you're playing again. Are you taking it serious again? I mean, you went you went on to finish second at Worlds again. So I mean, you must not have been playing casually, but how serious were you taking it back out? Uh, pretty serious. I mean, every chance I had, I went and practiced. You know, in in between taking care of the family, and I'd still try to get ready and get focused before each event and stuff like that, and get you know get back out there. It was hard, you know, spon- I was like sponsored under the table. You know, they didn't want, you know, it's like they didn't want no one to know they're sponsoring me, which is like doesn't make you feel good at all. So that sucked to have to go through that. But I was still happy that they were wanting to support me, but it was never real support. It was never like we're sponsoring you and we're announcing it to everybody. That's support, you know. That's, that's what I would have liked. But, you know, you take what you can get. So I was like, all right, well, that's all I could get right now. So I'll give it a try. I didn't want to learn a new disc. I didn't want to try switching. I didn't even know if it was an option if anyone did want to try to pick me up. And so uh, then I started playing again and did good at Ledgestone. And then the next year I did good at Worlds again. All right. Now, I, I, 
the next thing that came up, and this is, I think, what people are most interested in is the tattoo. Uh, one more quick story, though, that came before the whole tattoo thing that you shared with me. Actually, I heard it from Paul Ulibarri, who was on your card. But you were playing a tournament with a player who kept missing and blaming his putter. Yes. For okay. a, a, an hour. By the, at an A-tier tournament, right? At a big tournament. Yeah. Yeah, what, what happened? Well, I picked up his putter and puttered from my lie and made it from like 30 feet, handed back his putter and told him his putter was just fine. You know, I didn't want to hear it one more time, honestly. It was just on and on. I'm hearing this complaining. And so I, I just had to make sure his putter was okay for him. It checked out pretty good, though. But, and his putter worked. All right, so the putter wasn't broken. Yes, and it wasn't on and over disc, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Paul, I, I like Paul was telling me the story just like mesmerized when he or he said he was mesmerized when he saw it. He never seen anybody do something that bold in a big tournament, uh, but, you know, has style and it's funny, too. Yeah. All right. So now the question everyone's tuning in for, we, we made them listen to all that, uh, at least not everybody, but a lot of people, the tattoo. Yeah. So you, I'll just like your own words. What was the tattoo? When did you get it? Why? I got it in 1999. And what, is, what is the tattoo of? Huh? What is the tattoo of? It was a rest in peace tattoo. I got one of my friend that passed away. And you were how old? Uh, 17. Okay. And, and I mean, obviously, what does it say? It says white pride. It says rest in peace, bug dog. And at the bottom, it says white pride. And I never got it. I never was a racist. Did I go to schools that were rougher after I got shot? Yeah, I went to continuations. I got jumped for being white. I learned to stand up for myself. You know, there's nothing wrong with being proud to be white. Everyone else is allowed to be proud is how I looked at it. And so why can't I? And I mean, honestly, why can't you? As long as you ain't a racist, as long as you ain't out there hating someone just because they were born a certain color, then what's it world? What in the world does it matter of what I choose to put on me? They don't even know me. I went on tour with Steve Rico. I wear Jordans everywhere. I listen to rap music everywhere I go. Yes, do I have black friends? Yeah, I'll say that quote too. I never have been a racist, never will be. If I am, I got to work on it because I got it all backwards. Yeah, that was the part that was, that actually was what first made me look this up. Because what my the words I heard was, hey, did you hear that Josh Anthon's a racist? I went, well, that's interesting. We share friends. I had never heard that before. I'm, I don't know. Maybe he is. And I, like, I just didn't know about it. But then I asked them of your friends. And they're like, no, not at all. So then I was confused. And then I wanted to look it up. And I saw the tattoo. And, and honestly, my, my first thought when I heard about the tattoo is, like, my instinct said, screw this guy. That was my gut. My gut reaction was not good, which I think well, a lot. Of... What? I said, well, thank you, Scott. <laughs> well, no, but, but the thing is, I, know, though, I, I so get it. You, you hear rumors, you hear things about people, yeah. and you just assume that's what it is. Just like you see stuff on the media or social media, and like, well, it's on there, so it must be real. It is not real. Well, no, and that's that's the difference was that was my gut reaction, but then I don't trust my gut reaction. 
I wanted to hear it from you. Then I started looking up. I wanted, I wanted to hear what you had to say. And we had previously recorded this and had bad audio. So I heard the story before, but you grew up mixed race friends. Yes. Race was never really, or, or, or was race an issue growing up? I mean, you, and, and if you haven't been in the hood or prison, it's hard to understand that race is more of an issue in those neighborhoods. I mean, it, that, that's just the reality. Yeah, that's reality. But you, but when you got the tattoo, it wasn't about anti-other races. It was just about being proud of being me. I was born white, and I die white. Why not be proud of it? I'm not to get jumped and get beat up over it, and not to stand up for myself over it. You know, it was uh, not the funnest thing. But I would always try to stay positive and not judge the next man because of what another guy did to me. That happened to be the same color skin as him. That has nothing to do with him. And so with that mindset, it helped me. No, no, I, I understand. We're, we're, we had to switch iPhone. And so, yeah, the, uh, you know, keeping that positive mindset of not judging no one else off it, um, it helped me a lot get through it all. I ended up getting some real close friends from all different races. And that's what I had heard. And that's, I mean... I don't trust internet rumors. I trust my friends. When they told me that, I went, okay, Josh's not a racist. I believe him. Even if I couldn't hear it in your own words, I mean, they're more credible than, than a Facebook post. But I, I think, I, honestly, I think a lot of people get the fact that you get a tattoo when you're 17. And I think a lot of people get that you can have your own motives for something and, and, you know, you can't project your own motives onto you, but that's not going to be the perception people have when they see it or hear about it. And that's up to them. I might, I might have my own agenda. They're going to have their own agenda of why they do things. They can have their opinion. I might have mine. That's just how the world is. If they want to ask me if I'm racist, I'll tell them I ain't. If they believe it, good for them. If they do, I don't really care if they don't, you know, that's never really been, I can't control what they're going to believe. If they want to think I'm a bad guy, they will always try their best to think I'm a bad guy. And I don't need to justify that. I need to stay still focused on the people that support me and love me and know me. You know, right. they have that bringing I did. Maybe it was worse. Maybe it was better. I hope it was better. You know, I don't wish no one to go through what I did. Not at all. But I'm still... Uh, you know, proud of who I am and what I've been through and what I made it through. It was a hard struggle. It wasn't fun. You know, so you take some honor in making it through that. Okay. Now, I can say, flip to my rest in peace shirts and there's mixed races in there. And there's a whole bunch of rest in peace shirts and those hurt. They sit hard with me. Yeah, I, I think anybody talking to you, I mean, I, I guess this is where I'm, what I'm curious about. You know, if if 10 people see the tattoo and they listen to you explain what it means and what your worldviews are, none of them are going to think you're racist. Mm -hmm. But a couple of them are probably going to think it was bad judgment. And there's probably going to be a couple of people that say, hey, even if you're not racist, that tattoo can still hurt somebody else if they see it. But they're going to have mixed opinions, but they're going to they're going to have an opinion of you as not racist, regardless of what their mixed opinions are. 
But if you're, if you're sponsored by a company, you're the face of the company. And if 100,000 people hear about this tattoo without you there to explain it, they're going to draw conclusions, even if they're wrong. Can you understand why a company would be afraid to touch that? Well, I mean, uh, a lot of people in our game right now live off of fear. A lot of them are scared up there that are in the upper part of our game. You know, right. some of the companies, some of the people that run our sport, they live in the fear of all the internet bullying and all that. And they get bullied and then they just, the people just strive on it. They're leaving the opening to sat there and get walked on and stepped on with everyone's comments. And it's horrible to see, you know, it's, uh, it's horrible to see where it's gotten. You know, I, I was with the Nova for a lot of years and out of 18 years, they just, they're, they couldn't drop me fast enough. Or I actually said, I, I'm just done. I'm like, I'm going to just walk away. They couldn't say, okay, fast enough. You know, and that hurt. Not, oh, are you sure? Let's try this. Let's try that. No, they were just done. And hey, I mean, it is what it is. They made their choice. And so, uh, it, it, you know, I ain't going to, can't harp on it or whine too long about it. But uh, it definitely sucked and it definitely hurt. You know, I hope they see this and look at it and realize the pain they caused me too. Being just, ready just to let me go move on you know being sponsored under the table where people's ashamed to say they sponsor you because they're so scared of the internet and the things that people have to say because when someone has something negative to say they just go on and on with it someone that's like oh that guy ain't that he don't even have time to write anything because he's like oh this is a bunch of crap anyway so you don't get as many people on there writing that much stuff and so for how it all went down yeah it sucks what i had to go through on it to be discriminated like I have. You know, I've never even been on the cover. I've played since 2002. I've never really been pushed as, hey, we sponsor this guy, we support this guy. I've never felt that, you know, honestly. Yeah, I was on the team. Yeah, they sent me some money and they sent me some Frisbees, but never really felt truly sponsored or truly supported by any of them. Now, a lot of my fans, now a lot of them supported me real good. They would love to watch me play. They couldn't wait to see it. They'd write me messages. And that felt real good. I liked that. I enjoyed it. I love this game a lot. I play it and I'm unsponsored and I can't wait for the next event. If I win the Worlds this year, I'll get a 10 grand. But if someone else were to win it that's sponsored, they'd probably end up making 100 or 200 grand off it. And so to have that and still be going there and I might probably be there longer than all them, putting in all my heart and soul into this game and then to have it feel like it kind of crapped on you, that hurt for a while, most definitely. And so that's why I had to stay focused on the people that support me. If no one wants to sponsor me, it's fine with me. I don't want their sponsorship. They don't want to support me. Do you think it's just fear or do you think that as a business, they're concerned that it affects sales? Again, I'm not suggesting or saying what's right or what's wrong or what's true or what's not true. It's both. Okay. It's fear of losing sales, fear of being called a racist, you know, scared of this, scared of that, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of both. It sucks that they're put in that position and having that much pressure put on them. But I think if they would have gave in a little less and got a little bit more aggressive about it, I think it would have went over a little differently, but Hey, we're at, we're at now. And so I'm sure the Lord has a reason for it. We'll find out. What are you throwing now? 
uh, mixed bag, but mainly Innova. I don't really have, I don't really want to go out and have to learn new discs and get ready for the next event. I might still throw their discs if I have to. I just, um, you know, I might throw whatever's out there and try some other new discs when I get some time. And uh, I did throw in a buzz in there. I tried the Luna, a couple other discs from Discraft. Uh, supposed to try a couple of uh, Stevo's discs. Um, but for the most part, just the same bag. I mean, I've thrown it for years. It's hard to just change it. Gotcha. There ain't a, there ain't a reason to change it. I'm not going to get a financial benefit either way. I I think I understand your reasons for this, but I still want to ask. Mm-hmm. So the common question people asked was. Um, well, why doesn't he cover it up? Like whether he, whether he's racist or not, or even if he was seventeen, if he's not now, why not cover it now? If it's going to affect your career, uh, you know, it can affect other people. I mean, when people see that, it it doesn't make some people feel good. Like, why not cover it up? I'm not really going to be forced to do it. I was mainly doing it to try to help my sponsorship out and try to make a difference with that. And all in all, it was never going to make anyone happy anyway. They were just going to say he's had it on his body forever. Anyway, he already had it. He's just getting it covered up. I'm not going to change something on me. That's been on there forever. Just to appeal to some guys, writing something on the internet when they don't know me whatsoever. And none of it's true. Anyway, it ain't like if I cover it up, I'm going to have sponsors just knocking at the door. Hey, we're ready to take you on now. Because there's still going to be backlash. There's still going to be people want to talk about my case. Talk about that. There's so many people in this world right now just focus on negativity. Hey, like I said to you before, I hope all those people sit there and just look in the mirror. Look at yourself. Don't worry about someone else so much. Look how evil you're being. Look how negative you're being. You want to judge me when you're sitting there having all this time to have all this hatred towards me when you don't know me whatsoever. And that sucks to see that. Yeah, it sucks to be a part of it. What, they want to call me a racist so they can claim they're not? Most of them are the most racist, bigot people you ever meet in your life. You know, look down on you because you didn't grow up loud they did. Or, yo, you listen to rap music. Oh, we don't like you. Oh, you, you know, it's like they just have so much time to have that hatred in their heart. Now, yeah, I hope they find a way to change it, honestly, for their own benefit. Not for me. I don't even take the time to read it. Write whatever you want. I'm not even going to go on there and waste my time and read it. If I do, I might focus on the positive comments, on the people that know me and love watching me play. I'm going to focus on that. And then keep the activity and take it out on themselves. So now you're, you're playing without a sponsor. Are you, are you still trying to win a world championships? I mean, is this, are those still your goals or are you – switching gears or what like where are you at now well i only like to play against the best if you know i'll play a couple local events but i'm going out there for the majors and for the bigger events ones that i love and enjoy and so yeah i'm definitely going to be there at the world championships trying my best yeah you'll be in utah then this year yep all right i was thinking about playing um Master Worlds. My brother played uh, 
And I'll be blunt. I'd rather play the, what's that tournament I won? Legend. I'd rather play that for the Master Worlds because I don't really have no ambition to play Masters that much. And, uh, but Steve O's going to the Worlds. And honestly, I don't feel like going to a tournament by myself, you know, and playing, uh, playing that event out there and being out there by myself for a whole week. And they got the Worlds out there, and Steve O wants to go to that. So I think I might go to the Master Worlds with Steve O. Okay. So, last question. I mean, you're you've had a controversial career uh, oh, the, kids, the kids are going to hear about it what do you mm-hmm. tell them like how do you how do you explain this to them oh there's nothing to explain i'm i'm proud of my career you know i've been through a lot made it through a lot um i might let them know that people's gonna always uh judge you if they feel like judging you don't waste no time on the negativity you know I'm not going to hide anything from them. My boy used to come every weekend to see me uh, in prison. Okay. So uh, I'm very honest with my kids and I expect quite a bit out of them, but I'm also going to be there to help them with the expectations I'm going to have for them. Not necessarily in disc golf, but in life in general. All right. Yeah. I mean, everyone that I know says you're, sense of family is the most important thing to you most definitely all right that's something you don't see posted on facebook yeah i don't don't really care if anyone knows it or need to write it or need to show it to anyone long as my family knows it that's what's important long as they know i'm there for them no matter what then that's the main things that are important you know not only just my kids but my brothers you know my my wife her family, all of them. I'm there 100% for them, for anything. We actually all just had coronavirus. I got it. My wife got it. My father-in-law just got out of the hospital today with it. Oh, so, wow. Okay, though? Yeah, he had uh, he had to be on oxygen for a while. He didn't have to go on one of those ventilators, but he's made it home. He's lost 25 pounds. He's hurting real bad. He can barely walk. Like, he really took a tool on him. We were real nervous that we were going to lose him. No, I'm glad he made it home. Oh, yeah. Well, cool. Hey, I, I, we had a couple technical issues. We had to reschedule a couple times. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea how to ask questions or lead a proper interview. So, uh, I, no. I, think, I think you did great. And some rough subjects. It makes everyone nervous. It makes everyone get all wound up. No need to take everything. So they get so serious about everything and want to make a statement and want to try to put people down, try to put you down for talking to me. It's just an interview. We're just talking to, to, we're all just people. Just because I throw a Frisbee good doesn't matter. You know, it ain't like that's that big of a deal. You know, I'm sure they, I'm sure a lot of my fans do a lot of things better than me. I just happen to be good at disc golf. All right. Well, cool. Hey, what, what I'm going to do, what I always do is I never shut off comments. No matter what I post, I, I, I believe as a public figure, I give people an open forum. I, with topics like this, I, I, might, I, I won't even read the comments, to be honest with you. I'll let people talk. Uh, if people have been doing this, it'll pass in a couple of days. I mean, this is the, that's not, the, it's the least of my concern. Um, I hope people get to know you. I hope the people that hate you hate you after knowing you. I hope people that <laughs> like you 
No, I mean, I mean this. Like, I my agenda was not to try to make you look good. It was also not to shit all over you. My agenda was just to let you talk. Yeah, and, not- and people form opinions. That they're that's cool. Yeah, thank you everyone for watching and tuning in. Whether you're a fan or not a fan, I appreciate you guys supporting disc golf and you know all the all the love and hard work out there from from everybody. You know, I appreciate everyone's um, all the positivity out there and all the stuff that it uh, it brings. You know, all the social media stuff and all that. Like, it's definitely real frustrating for me right now. <laughs> not the biggest fan, but it has helped change our game to a whole new extent from what I used to play. Like, it has blown up. It's a lot more professional and it's great to see like you out here on your social media and people watching it and checking into it and being a big part of disc golf. I do love seeing it grow. It's awesome. Cool, man. All right. Well, thanks. I give your family a a socially distance hug. (laughs) Uh, I will, I will see you again. So thank, thank you, Josh, very much. Yeah, no problem. You have a good one, Scott. All right. Hey, Hey, well, thanks everybody. Uh, like I said, comments are open. Free reign. <laughs> Have at it. I probably won't be looking at them. Or I'll start reading them, and the minute it starts getting ugly, I just tune out. Yep. So, please don't. Please don't tag me in it. <laughs> uh, some some people will. Some people won't. But I I like I said. I I just tune those out. So, uh, but uh, thanks you guys, and uh, we got a couple cool guests coming up soon as well that are scheduled. I'll be announcing. But uh, um, I hope you all enjoyed this. Thanks, Josh. All right. See ya. Hey, everyone. I'm now on Patreon. Click the link below. Not only keep the free content coming with tutorials, tips, podcasts, etc., but get a bunch of free stuff like live stream Q&As, copy of my book, voting on topics, behind the scenes, bunch of cool stuff. Click the link down below to join.